Let me start the story by dropping you into the South African Karoo Desert. Horizontal lines stretching through the yellow and brown landscape awake in you that deep sense of being a tiny part of nature. A feeling that resonates with the soul. The sun has just set over the horizon. A gentle wind, still warm, but with a hint of the cold night to come, strokes the skin of your bare forearms. At Sound Africa, we make creative non-fiction. Non-fiction means that we capture reality. This is a contract we cannot break. The creative part can mean sound and music that we add to our stories. Sounds that represent what is in the story but are added later to create a clearer image of what is happening. For this story, you have to decide what is real yourself, but no sounds have been added to the original tape. Okay, let's get back to the Karoo Desert. Do you know that feeling of driving on the road for a long time? Heading to a certain place or goal, then something catches your attention. Something you just have to take a closer look at. We sent one of our reporters to the Karoo to do a story on a radio telescope. But then, as he pulled over to stretch his legs, something caught his attention. My name is Neo Rakajani and Lars Overland tells the story. I've been sent to the Karoo by my editor to do a story on a telescope in the desert, looking out into deep space. Deeper, in fact, than anyone has ever looked before. But the trip there is long, and after three hours on the road in a small car, I feel like stretching my legs. I've just pulled right off the N1 highway into a small town. It's just that this town is different to any other town that I've ever seen in South Africa. I walk 50 meters from the car and as I look up at the clouds, dragging their last shadows across the ground before emerging with the night, a dog comes lurking quietly around the corner. One of those dogs that looks like it's a purebred, built for dog fights, but instead of attacking or even barking, when it sees me, it puts its short tail between its legs and run away as fast as it can. This town has such a weird feeling to it. And there are no people in the streets, there's just these old trees, green trees, which are dancing in the wind. And this very colonial feeling to the entire place, full of white houses and old British cars. But you can't see people anywhere and almost all the windows are black. It's like the city is from the past. And as if the citizens aren't really living here anymore. But they must be, because the trees and the gardens and the flowers are obviously so well sought after. The weird feeling I'm picking up has to do with a petit and pretty parallel universe. 
A little universe that seems to be about conserving a bit of the past, that feels awkward and forced and quietly violent. And then there is the contrast, beautiful whitewashed colonial buildings, but no people. And then, suddenly, something bursts out of the night. The train just passes through the town, without even slowing down, and it makes me think of Cecil Rhodes, the late 19th century British colonialist with a violent history, whose goal it was to build a railway from Cape Town to Cairo, with neat small towns and places along the way for Brits to enjoy Africa. And Cecil Rhodes actually has something to do with this story, but in a way that I still can't see. For the first time, I see people. A couple in the mid-thirties, walking down the empty street. Chantelle, who has moved here a few months ago, after her brother died to work as a chef in the coffee shop, and her boyfriend who is visiting for her birthday. Tell uh, the truth that what you saw about the little girl standing by the fountain and about the cat that doesn't want to come out because the one room in that side, there's ghosts in that. There are ghosts in this yep. Is he making this up? No, well, no, there's no, definitely ghosts. Yeah, there's definitely ghosts. Yeah. Tell, um, tell him the truth. Have you seen any? She saw the little girl. <laughs> I've seen a little girl at the back of the coffee shop. Um, yeah. Standing by the little fountain. Yeah, a young girl, harmless, about four years old. I don't know, just watching the fountain, so... So I was actually smoking outside, because I'm a chef here, so I work quite late. So I was, it was about half past 12 in the morning, in the evening. Yeah, so um, I went out to take a smoke, and I came back, and I saw her, and I pretended I didn't. And then I went back, and I'm like, okay, she's there, she's not gone. I just didn't look in that direction again, so I don't know if she's still there or not. Or what did she look like? Early 1970s, maybe. So she's got like a frilly dress like they used to dress underneath their dresses. They used to have like a kind of a cotton kind of dress. Um, but very friendly, like uh, plaintive. Like she was, she was friendly and she was like... There, it's like because I felt it before like with when my brother died recently and so you can kind of feel some if someone intends to give you some kind of feeling but yeah they don't um, I've been staying here for a month and a half but something's been telling me not to look up into windows for some reason since I've got here I don't look into windows I don't know why but since I've read it, I actually realized because you, it's like a reflection that you see, so it's quite scary. So you don't want to like, but also in the museum where they say there's like 
nine different rooms my mother said it was like so I've never been in there because it's I don't know I don't I didn't have the courage yet to be honest a girl in a nightdress who comes out at night to look at the fountain an old hospital for soldiers during the Boer War and windows you're not supposed to look into at night a ghost town I don't believe in ghosts but it's dark and the Karoo is known for the large kudus running across the road at night. Hello, ma'am. And these stories of ghosts make me curious about what people in this weird little town believe that they are experiencing. Thank you. Excuse me. I was just wondering, um, what kind of place is this? It is the Lord Mala, the Alan Mike, Fontaine. Yes. Yeah, I was just wondering, do you have any available rooms? Yes, we do have availability. Um, for how many people would you like to have a, a room? Uh, uh, just one, please. Just one person. The Lord Milner Hotel in Mikey's Fontaine. Lord Milner, who the hotel is named after, was sent to South Africa in 1887 to take over as governor after tension in the British colony, caused both by friction among the British elites and the Dutch settlers, whose powers were on the rise after finding gold north of Mikey's Fontaine a year earlier. Milner quickly became close friends with Cecil Rhodes. After all, the two of them had common interests. One of the things they both were sure of was that the Brits were superior to any other race and that every other ethnicity would become more civilized if they aspired or were subjected to the empire. The other thing the two colonialists Lord Milner and Cecil Rhodes supposedly had in common we'll come back to later. The reception is made of dark wood that squeaks when you put your foot down. Old chandeliers hanging from the roof and a red carpet that leads up the stairs. They've gone so far to conserve the old colonial feeling of the place that the staff are even dressed up in 19th century outfits. The receptionist called one of them over to carry my suitcase. Hey. So, uh, what's your name? Saki. Saki is a small guy who looks at me through glasses, with intelligent eyes and what appears to almost be a smile. That's a, that's a nice uniform uh, you're wearing. Yes, uh, uh, it's, a, it's a, like a tradition from like the British soldiers, because this place it used to be belong to uh, British people, England, from England. Ah, okay, yep. it looks very like colonial. Yes, yes, uh, uh, the Victorian style, Victorian style. What do you think of that? I think uh, it's very interesting because we got lot, quite a lot of, of people come and visit this place because we've got quite a lot of history as well. What kind of history? History about the British war, the Anglo war, because this place used to be a hospital for, for the British soldiers, see? And... Uh, we got all these buildings around here. You can see we got all the old antique furniture in the buildings. We got a nice gardens at the back, swimming pool, two museums, one over there and one on the station. Oh wow. This is a nice room. Anything I should know about this room? I 
can't tell you anything about those rooms. <laughs> no, really, I can't tell you. Here we go. Enjoy it. Thank you. Red wine. Do you mind if I just ask you a question? Um, do you believe in uh, ghosts? Yes. I do. I go on, yeah. Yeah, go on. I do. Absolutely. Why have you seen any? Uh, I haven't seen any, no. But this place is supposed to be haunted. Obviously. Look at the place. <laughs> what do you mean by that? Can you describe it to me? It feels like it was built when? I don't know. 1800s? 1800s? I don't know. It just looks creepy. It looks like every horror film. There you go. But if ghosts do exist, what does that mean then? For me, it just means that your spirit lives on. And to me, spirit moves into a different realm. Ghosts are just visiting spirits. Coming back to connect maybe with the loved ones or maybe with the place or maybe with the energy or whatever. That means that believing in ghosts is believing in the separation between the body and soul, right? Yeah, I would say so, yeah. I do believe that, yeah. Excuse me, guys. Do you mind if I ask you a question? Do you believe in ghosts? Not really, nah. <laughs> what about you? No, I'm also a skeptic. But um, if ghosts do not exist, what does that mean then? It means that there's no, nothing after life at all. That's what it means, I think. I don't believe in ghosts at all. I think there's no basis. And, I, and, we, we've, ne and we've, we've never been... From a scientific background. haunted. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, do you believe in ghosts? I do. <laughs> and you? Sort of, yeah, because she sees them. Okay, did you spend your night here? I did. And I still said to him when I went to bed, I wonder if I'll see a ghost, but I didn't. <laughs> I didn't see anything. But I have seen ghosts, so I do believe in them. But if ghosts exist, what does that actually mean? It means that there's life ever after and people come back to, <coughs> to visit. Yeah. Our understanding of ghosts, regardless of if one believes in them or not, is closely tied to our understanding of life after the one we know. Soon the dinner is over, and most of the guests get in their cars and leave the town for the night. And so does the receptionist. And that is when Opa's shift begins. You're the one they call Opa? Yeah, I'm the one you call Opa, yeah. Opa does security during the night at the Lord Milner Hotel, something he's been doing for nine years. During the night, Opa goes on patrol every hour around the hotel. Have you ever seen anything? No, I did not see anything, but I can feel sometimes, I can feel uh, it's not right. Something, sometimes something is it's not good, it's not right. And then I got a smell, smell of old flowers, you know. Opa says he feels something, a wind and the smell of old flowers when he goes on his patrols. Not every night, but there are certain nights with what he calls activities. 
But it happened not every night, you see, but sometimes the special nights where it happened, you know, because it's Wednesdays and Sunday nights, late in the night, after 12, because that, you see, then I can feel it, feeling that something, something's not right here. After 12? Yeah, it's go long after 12, yeah. On Wednesdays and? Wednesdays and in Sundays after 12, yeah, then. yeah. What time is it now? Uh, it's after 11 now. And it's Tuesday? Yeah, and it's Tuesday. Uh, it's Wednesday. Ah, it's Tuesday, Tuesday. Sorry, sorry, it's Tuesday. It's not after 12, no. But it's going to be Wednesday in one hour. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Is that, that when it happens? Uh, this one, uh, it happens when I cry, I, I get those feelings, you know, when I got my patrols. Okay. It is now one hour past midnight and I haven't heard anything. There is there is some noises from the behind the wall, but I'm assuming that is just the neighbor room or something. Yeah. It is one hour past midnight and I haven't seen or heard anything except from the security guards and the guests in the neighboring room who came home just after 12 and started moving their stuff around. So, I think we should try to go... But the night has set in. Out. What is that? I think I'm gonna try to go outside in the street because... And even though I don't believe in ghosts, it feels like I have to control my mind to not be scared. And I want to go out in the old empty town with trees dancing in the wind to see if the stories are true. So it's Wednesday. This is supposed to be when they're coming out. But okay, according to the stories, that's what people say. The streets are still empty. And even though I don't believe in ghosts, okay, and I have only seen the security guards and heard nothing but the guests in the neighboring room, I'm just gonna go. Oh, um, I'm just gonna go down the street. It is like something is about to reveal itself and look in some of the windows. Something that is not, well, alive in the same way that I am. Okay, this is actually really giving me the chills. <laughs> Something from the past. The most common thing to perceive is what happens to us in the present. But regardless of what we do perceive, the past is always playing a role in what we can observe here and now. Is this the museum? That's supposed to be haunted. And in some places, it is as if the past overshadows the present. Like this old town with its reminders of British colonialism, constructed as a part of an empire unfolding across Africa together with the railway. Post office. It says now it's like a souvenir shop. A strategic point in Lord Milner's larger plan, like the one he forwarded on the 22nd of October 1898 when he went back to meet the British Prime Minister, Chamberlain, and argued that a crisis should be engineered in South Africa. A conflict with the Dutch Boer settlers, growing in power after finding gold. 
a fabricated crisis that would allow him to fight a just war. Like the Second Boer War that started the next year after 10,000 British soldiers were sent to South Africa. The same amount that was stationed here when Mikey's Fontaine became the headquarter of the war. And the Lord Milner Hotel became a hospital for the wounded soldiers. The Second War fought between two different white cultures in South Africa. A war that is still treated as a trauma in the Dutch settler history. A trauma they carried with them into the apartheid regime. A feeling of being threatened, of needing to protect their culture at all costs. A trauma that contributed to justifying inflicting new traumas to other South African cultures. Okay, um, I actually don't want to hang out here anymore. To be honest. On my way back, I find the reception empty. Opa and Deswar, the other security guard, are in the dining room, waiting to do the next patrol around the hotel. And I decide to ask them one question. But... On the other side of my room. So my room is at the end of the hall, yeah. right? So on the other side of the wall, what is there? There was no one staying there. It's an empty room. Are you sure? Yes. The one on the end, it's an empty yeah. room. On the other, because... What room is this? Uh, my, my room is 23, right? Yeah. So the wall, not the wall facing the hallway, but the other wall. There are no other guests staying in the room next to mine. Because I heard noises. I just thought there wasn't other guests. Come on, show me. Can you show me where you But what did I hear then? Opa wants me to show him where I think the noises came from. No, no, there. Here, on that side. What is there on the other side? Oh, in the other Oh, no, 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 no. It's the. Uh, uh, it's the, the yellow lounge. Okay. Yeah, it's the yellow lounge. It's but are there anyone there now? No, there's no one there. There's not even a room where I thought the noises came from. But I did hear them. Did I not? Yeah. The yellow lounge, so you heard noises there. I heard noises from the other side of the wall. I just thought it was another room where... I just thought it was another room where there were guests. It's not, it's not the room, it's just The yellow lounge is underneath my room. I ask Opa if we can check it out so I can see for myself. Can we go and see? Yeah. Huh. And this is the yellow lounge. Yeah, this is the yellow lounge. This is where Umjohn's ghost live. Is this where the ghosts are? It's always ghosts, yeah. 
They call it Umzons Ghost. Umzons Ghost? Oh, fucking hell. The yellow lounge is right underneath my room. So here it's like an old lounge with with all the all the old furnitures are intact. Oh really? Then Deswar opens a drawer and takes out a picture. What is this? A photo of the hotel. The ghost faces. With what appears to be ghosts in some of the windows. There's an there's a photo of um, the hotel and there's marked some spots with something that looks like ghosts but I mean this could also be photoshopped I guess but do you know who these people are in the paintings? Yeah, well, I don't know if I'm scaring myself now, but <laughs> I just thought it was some other guests, like <laughs> no, someone. No, no. This way, I think it must be. Maybe it it come from here. So you think it comes from down here? Yeah, it come from down here. See. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, okay, that was um, that was weird. <laughs> yeah, but I think uh, I think uh, it might be ghost here. Ah, there might be ghost here. But do you know? Are there any guests in any of the rooms around me, and around my room? No, 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 no. I think not. No. Okay, maybe we should go out of there. The yellow lounge, huh? Yeah, it's the yellow lounge. I go back to my room, and this time I do not look into any windows. I too have become afraid of my reflection. When we pass the reception, the hotel cat follows me to the room and jumps onto my bed and curls up next to me, scratching its claws into the carpet when I pet it. It helps a little. I have the cut there. Then the noises starts again. At first it sounds like it's underneath my room. Then the noises moves upwards. Sounds of footsteps and furniture being moved around and some slow scraping. The cat jumps down, runs over to the door and curls its back. The cat just got up and walked over to the door. When I open the door, it immediately leaves my room. Could it possibly be Opa or Deswar moving around in the hotel? Or even playing a trick on me? I decide to go down and check it out. But I find them both in the dining hall at the other end of the hotel. Opa sleeping and Deswar listening to music with earplugs. Were you, were you in the second floor just now? No. Are there any people staying in the room next door to me? 
Opa goes behind the reception and shows me the book of the guests. This, this is the other guests, right? Yeah, this is the other guests. Did you? I'm in 23. And this 11. 11. 11 is the same. So 11 is the same. And okay. M18 is outside the hotel. That's outside. That's the only guest you have? Yo, there is only me in the hotel. And and none of you went up to the second floor now. No, no, no. It's a lot of sounds, uh, and uh, could hear like people walking up. No, no, I was not there. Okay, I just wanted to check. I'm gonna go up again and see if I can go to sleep. You can come again if you hear anything. Yeah, um, yeah, maybe. Yeah. Is is this normal? It's normal, yeah. I, I'm used to it. When I first came here, I was scared. I didn't want, didn't even want to go to the kitchen alone. But now it's okay. I'm used to it now. Okay, I guess that's what I have to become as well then, to get some sleep. There will be a lot of noises and footsteps. You will hear a lot of... A lot of noises and footsteps? Footsteps, yeah. Sound like footsteps, but I don't know what it is. Okay, but you've never seen them, huh? I've never seen one here. Okay. Alright, I'm gonna see if I can catch some sleep. See you later. I go back to my room again, and this time the cat does not follow me. It's four in the morning and I'm scared to look out of my window. I try to think that if it is ghosts, they're friendly, but there's so much noise that I cannot sleep. Finally, I decide to put earplugs in my ears and turn on the recorder through the night. Let me play some of the tape for you. There is nothing. The recorder has not picked up a single sound. Why? Either the microphone is not sensitive enough to pick up sounds from a different room, or the sounds cannot be caught on tape. Or the thing that scares me the most. What if it is all in my head, and I've been hearing noises that are not there? Or even worse, what if ghosts from the past can affect our lives in ways we cannot even see? What if the ghost makes me lose it, even though it does not exist? When alive, Lord Milner messed with people. He manufactured and engineered a conflict to start a war. And now, after his death, he's gotten into my head, making me make up things in my head, and I don't know what is real anymore even though he's just dead and nothing more. The next morning is just like any morning. Opa and Deswar has gone home. The sun is out, cars and people in the one street, 
and they're sitting down in the coffee shop or hanging out at the bar. And Johnny, the tour guide, has started his shift. This chair for Lady Milner, husband, children, mistress. So this whole village was built as a hospital 1899 for people who got chest problems. So I work now for 34 years, tour guide, wine steward, porter, sweep, and every night sing in the pub. One for the money and two for the show. I want to sing you a quicker song later on the piano. Come and look at the ghost. There's a ghost here. Yeah. This is an old... Oh, oh wow. There's the ghost. Can you just d- describe what we're seeing at the, at the picture? This is Lord Milner's wife. That's me. And these two girls took the photo with me, the father. And there's Lord Milner's wife coming out. It's like, uh, like a like a faded person in the background. Yeah, it's Can a I, it's a woman. Do you walk up and down? You've you've seen the ghost. Yeah, Lord Milner's wife, that lady on the portrait. She was walking last night here. Last night. Yeah, sitting in that chair. How do you know? No, I was sitting there and coming in here to lock up here, and that lady on the photo sat there, Lucy Milner. You can see that's a woman sitting there. And I said, excuse me, lady, I want to lock up. She said, don't worry, son, I walked through the window. I was out here. I, I stayed over here. Um, and my room is right up from here. And I was the only one staying at, at the floor. I didn't know that at the time, but I couldn't sleep until four. Yeah, and, and I only managed to sleep because I put earplugs in. But you feel something. I felt scared. Yeah, but that's a peaceful ghost, man. It's not like you were scared, it's like an angel. She's peaceful. But um, how can we know that this is true? Because, I mean, the, 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 the ghost stories, they can be good for business, right? Yeah, they're very good for business because it's a peaceful ghost. You see? It's not an angry ghost, it's, it's peaceful. She just walk in your room and comb your hair. Why is she a ghost? Because she died. And she wants to stay here. She don't want to move. But um, her husband was friends with Cecil Rhodes, right? My husband was friends with Cecil John Rhodes and she... But have you heard the story of how her husband and Cecil Rhodes had a, had a sexual relationship? Yeah, but can we tell that on TV? Of course we can, on radio. Oh, well, I don't know. My granny told me the story, that the Lord, but I don't know. But, uh, but, they but what did the, um, granny to- tell you? Well, granny told me that they, they was, they was uh, more than friends. They can sue her granny, but she's in the grave. So she said to me they was more than friends. I don't know. So, yeah. I don't want to go into that detail, but she said to me they was more than friends. Just friends, yeah. Uh, uh, do you know how she knew? She said her mom said that they, is uh, Rhodes like uh, he's more friends with men as with women. So I don't know what does that mean to mean. So he had a sexual relationship with her husband, and oh, yeah, how did she die? No, they said they died of old AIDS. But, uh, yeah, she died of old AIDS. 
And then she don't want to move back. So she comes, she's still walking in her sleep here. And she's sitting in this room. And, uh, but you were born in this town, you said? Yeah, I was born in Breton and I'm still here. I love it. What is it that you love about it? It's peaceful. Heaven. This is the old piano. listening to a sound africa podcast if you like the story share it with the people you like this podcast was produced and edited by lars overland with help from rasmus bits my name is neo rakajan then all of that vows we made we never to be We apart, you part of me still. For you are my friend on Blueberry Hill. Thank you, thank you very much, son. And that was the end.